2: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Now, now, more Grish and Fourier on
2: WEEI
3: and streaming on WEEI.com.
0: Huh. For those of you watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BostonWEI, everybody hang tight. There's a gremlin in the system, and Chicken Nick is going to grab that thing by the goozle pipe and get it out, just like he does when he's rounding up them chickens. You just grab that thing and say, hey, come on here, rest of you, you little bastards you all follow. Just grab it right around the neck, and there you go. So, uh, Chicken Nick is on that. So, we will get the, uh, we will get Twitch, uh, up and running and rolling and all that. Hey, before we get into Super Wildcard Weekend, we got some folks who, uh, want to talk a little Patriots here. Uh, but first, Mark with a C wants to yell at me on Gresh and Foyer. Go ahead, Mark. Was I a big meanie? Yeah, Gresh. You and I have met a couple times, and, uh,
3: Uh, You were a meanie, and I don't like it. Besides, you're 45 years old. You go by Andy.
0: I am 48 years old, and no one calls me Andy. (laughs) Only when he's in trouble. Only when, if that, for crying out loud. Mark, I'm sorry that you are one of the Mark with the C's out there. I wasn't referring to you. Let's put it that way, friend. And I know that we have met, and I apologize for uh, hurting your feelers. That was not my intent. I was just trying to have a little creative fun. That's all. So Mm. please don't take it all that seriously. And it's the apology of the day brought to you by Andy Gresh. There you go. (laughs) That's right. Oh, yeah. That's Mm. I'll tell you what. I'm like Larry David in one respect. I don't have a half a billion dollars like him or anything like that. But let me tell you something. When I need to write an apology note, ain't nobody better. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I would think you would be resistant to the whole idea of Well, normally of it comes after uh, a lot of uh, and dirty and words. Yeah. Maybe a face-to-face or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. I don't do it all the time. But when I have to, I know that I can. See, one of the things that uh, some uh, young couple was getting married, and uh, and there's, somebody was asking me, like, what's the key to, like, a successful marriage? I was like, well, the first time or the second time? Yeah, the second time. That yeah, right. because you learned. Yeah, learn about, Don't do it. The, the first time was a nightmare. So the second time, however, I would say people say, "Well, you know, you gotta." All oh, the old timers be like, "Ah, you gotta, you gotta ask for for you gotta ask for forgiveness. You gotta ask for forgiveness." You know, I was like, "Well, you know, I guess that's probably the most important thing, but it would be how you say it. So you can't just apologize. You have to ask for them to forgive you. You have to plead for that to them." to almost have mercy on you and forgive you. Because it really, and then you kind of see how you flip it? You put it on them. (laughs) Until you deal with someone smarter than you. And then they spin it it." back around on you and you haven't thought about it. And then you're in double trouble. Yeah, yeah. It happens, though. Eight, it happens. Uh, no, but uh, but I'm just saying that, you know, I'm one of those who's kind of figured that thing out a little bit. Now I try to put myself in less situations that I have to apologize for or with very few Fs left to give, I just don't apologize.
3: Mm. As there's a drive in a deep left That's field right. by Castellanos, it will be a home run, and so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game.
0: I hope <laughs> that I'm back in this chair. Uh, Bill in West Springfield has a question about the uh, Patriots coaching staff. Bill, your regression for you.
3: Hey how you doing guys what's up I just have a, kind of a, a I guess a couple comments here first of all, you have one thing going in your favor uh with getting Bill O'Brien back here is that he's got family here in western mass his uh wife's sister lives here and I think in Grandy or Wilbraham and everything I, I know that because i've worked at their house um, but the other thing is is why can't they bring scar back to train um, along with the next uh offensive line? You know, coach and everything. It kind of makes things easier for him, you know? Um, If he did that, he'd bring up, you know, quality, you know, treatment, you know, and everything like that as far as uh, the line coming in as designated and also uh, leave the next head coach with that kind of backing and that kind of panache. And I I think that would make it a lot easier for the Patriots to kind of transition back into a competitive team. Um, The old line really. This year, mm. and since I think we're going to be without uh, number seventy six, um, hopefully um, we Isaiah can win. Up- okay. Can
0: so, I, Bill, here here I've is the ho- I've been to his house. Uh, go don't ahead, because I think <laughs> it is wrought with problems trying to get Scar to come back to mentor. Oh, he's not coming back. That's the other right. thing. He's not. Was, I don't think it'll be problems, but there's no. I think he is one hundred percent done with coaching evaluating. Hitting out on the road. So like if you wanna like you wanted to send him to Alabama to kinda get a character analysis of some of these guys. You wanna send him to Iowa, you know, you wanna send him to Ohio State. Oh, fine. Maybe he'll do you a solid and you you know, throw him some change, you know, for the effort. I just don't know if that's you know, first of all, I think he would do it if he, if Bill really needed it. You know, for a couple guys, but I don't think. Well, he a, did it once already before and yeah, coming back. back. Yeah, but, but I, I think I think, I think the difference that. is too is that you you can have Dante Scarnecchia mentoring someone, but you're not going to reprogram anyone to become Dante Scarnecchia. it's the, the whole you know born and original die a copy. That's what you're kind of setting someone up for. Whereas it's got to be more about the offensive coordinator that you're working with. This is where Bill O'Brien's got to come in, and he can't have Cliff Kingsbury type schemes where you got free blitzers that are running, and the quarterback only knows how to run away from the guy to be able to get out of it. Like that stuff is unsound football that's a non starter. So that's why the OC has got to have at least a bit of a symbiotic relationship with that O-line coach because you're really finding flaws in scheme that you're trying to coach either around because you don't have the players to fix it or you got to have a quarterback heady enough like Brady the other night to know there's seven at the line. Let me pull in the tight end to block it up and I'll throw it deep. And I would say, like, you know, there's two – the two – I guess. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think you know who both they are. Obviously, you know who Dante Skarniecki is as far as offensive line coaching goes. He's one of their premier teachers at that, at that position. The other guy is Howard Mudd. longtime player, longtime uh, offensive line coach for the Indianapolis Colts. He was in Seattle when I was there. Those two guys are... You're talking about top five offensive line coaches in the history of the game. Those two guys get a lot of the credit. And mud is in the mud. Okay, he died in 2020. Yeah. So, and uh, I mean, just a typical offensive line coach. You're not going to get those guys. You're not going to get those guys. But you don't necessarily need those guys. That's right. If okay. you have the right like, OC, you yeah, don't need I mean, those guys. Why? I mean, because I see as an offensive lineman, I do think it's a little bit more challenging position to coach because there's. Five guys at one time playing, and then you have, you know, what, uh, you know, probably five guys, maybe, probably have, well, how many guys on a, in a what, 12, 13 offensive linemen total during the year? If you include practice squad if guys, cause yeah, all in you're, the room. In, you're in 13, yeah, maybe own, And it's crazy. They always have the smallest room, and they're the biggest bodies. Wow. Well, never made sense to me. I know. Well, how it's much? How because much, they're together. It's like, hey, Cause your receivers have to set apart from each other. You got to no. have every other row. I thought that was crazy. It was like 10 pounds of beef in a five-pound bag. Like, how many offensive linemen can we stuff in this room with no ventilation, no no windows, Oh and, like, well. everybody's farting and stinking like crazy? It smells like dip and farts. Oh, <laughs> it's like, it, it really is the most amazing thing. I don't get it. Maybe it's just part of their culture. kind of smells like this room when we walk in at 10 o'clock, a dip little and bit, farts. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit, right? Messiness and, and farts and dip. But, uh, no, so I don't think you need it. But you just, you can't get, let's, I don't know if Billy Yates... Is a good offensive line coach. I, to be honest, with you, I don't know if um, Matt Patricia is a good offensive line coach. No, you might but, no but even if he is, you can't put him in that role. No, not would. Bill I O'Brien you, is the OC. I think you move them both. I yep. think Bill Yates could be an assistant, yep. but he doesn't have control over personnel, technique. Billy Yates is still that a stuff. developmental coach If you want on the staff, but put him with someone different. And I think they threw him yeah. in there too soon because they obviously felt like he could handle it because he was an assistant in Detroit, and that's where Matt Patricia brought him, and they said, okay. I'm going to be over here most of the time. You are going to have to handle like 80% of the day-to-day stuff teaching these guys. Yep. You're going to have to stay after. You're going to have to get there early. All the blitz stuff that's on you. I'll co-sign on it. We'll go over it. I feel like certain positions you need to start all over again. Just need to start all over again. Did you happen to read the article on uh, Brian Dable over the weekend on The Athletic? I did not, know. It was actually a good article about his hiring practices where when he became the head coach, oh. he didn't. Do the whole, you know, uh, you know, a good old boy routine where he hired all his friends and all his like his, his his friends' sons. You know, he went outside. He actually did a whole hiring process where he just hired people for you know just brand new. That's like, how he ended up with Wink Martindale. Yeah. I hired the best defensive coordinator available, not the best available that I've been over to his house with for dinner. Yes, I thought that was interesting because yeah. most guys, there's a trust aspect of it, and they want to bring people who they know and who can relate to them. He went completely outside of what most coaches do. I would say 99.9% of coaches do. They hire family. You get the same guys. They just recycle them over and over again. He went outside. That's what I feel like Bill needs to do Like with a certain areas, like this offensive line coach, do that. Just hire a really good offensive line coach, mm-hmm. and then get out of his way. Let him do that job because those jobs are usually standalone jobs anyway. It's almost like a, you know, like their own country. Like they live by a different set of rules. They all hang out together. Like did you see that one um, the one point in that Tampa Bay game where uh, Micah Parsons tried to uh, he tried to go through the huddle of the Tampa Bay Bucks, mm-hmm. and then all of them kept pushing him out. Jensen, the right guard, the right tackle. So he tried to basically break the stream right and go through the huddle of the Tampa Bay offense line and they all literally push him to the ground it was phenomenal i loved it and then when it came time to block him during a play, they, they couldn't, couldn't do it. it. Yeah, they, they couldn't totally stop him when the play was They, dead. they couldn't. They, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We got to get to Super Wild Card Weekend coming up, and let's just jump right into those Saturday games, right? Because okay. I know we got some folks, and they want to talk football, and we'll be all over it with them. But uh, San Francisco rolled Seattle. 41-23, to 23, Brock Purdy played great, couple of touchdown throws. Was there any takeaway at all from that San Francisco game? Other than the fact that this is a dopey organization that traded three first-round picks for a guy that can't play, and they're now finding out that their head coach is so damn good that at least temporarily, because I do think it's going to go poof, whether it's I don't think it's against Dallas, but NFC Championship game. I really wonder about Brock Purdy on the road, maybe in Philly, having to find a way to get it done. However, the head coach is so damn good that I think in a worst case scenario, Christian, they're going to make it to an an NFC Championship game again, where the one guy that took him there, they were like, we don't like you and we're going to go trade a bunch of first-round picks for some prospect who can't think. And then, oh, by the way, Mr. Relman walked in the door, and we'll coach him up and get him ready and, at worst, have a chance to win a conference championship. Would, okay, it's amazing. So it is amazing when you think about the coaching purge, the exodus that happened with with on their staff, Mike McDaniel, uh, Wes Welker, wide receiver coach, John Ambry, mm-hmm. tight ends coach, who was also the assistant head coach. All those guys left. Okay, so then sure enough... You know they bring a Brian Greasy to coach the quarterbacks, and then sure enough, he has like three different quarterbacks to coach, and the one guy that is having you know what the most you know crazy amount of success is is the youngest guy with the least amount of experience. To me, you sit there and go, Brian Greasy is trending in the right direction now, being the head coach himself. So I feel like the defense is standing alone, like they're they're doing their own thing. They're D'Amico Demi- Ryan's. He's. Unbelievable. He'll be a head coach also. Kyle Shanahan. You mentioned Brian Greasy. Is the, he, oh, he's the quarterback coach. Okay. He's so you coach. think he is now on the rise. That's the natural progression. Quarterback coach to OC. Well, I mean, especially on a team that has success. Got it. So Brian Greasy comes there. He's now the, he's now the quarterback coach. He deals with Trey Lance. He deals with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he deals with uh, Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy was uh, probably, maybe he was like, you know, more green than Trey Lance was. And all he does is manage uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but he takes Brock, Brock Purdy, and he turns him into what looks like a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. No Making bad habits. That no helps, bad habits. Right? He's just coaching him up. Programming so him. Brian Greasy will end up being a head coach in the league. Interesting. That's just the way it works. Like You're, you're going to be a championship team, and look at all the other guys that come out of that organization end up being head coaches. All of them. go from Sala. You go to Mike McDaniel. Uh, you go now you have Brian Greasy and then you have uh now you have a uh, um D'Amico Ryan on the defensive side. So really the story in San Francisco is while they're still doing it with Brock Purdy and he's still playing great. The story in LA with the Chargers is very different than the one in Jacksonville where the Jaguars are headed to the divisional round in what was One of the best NFL playoff games in terms of a comeback that we have ever seen. Fourier and I will unpack that with you. 617 779 7937. By the way, since we are going to have another round coming up at 1245 of what you want to hear, today we have two guys who both lost in the division or in the wild card round uh, that are both bitching. So we have bitching Joey Bosa of the L.A. Chargers, and we have bitching J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens. That is today's uh, What You Want to Hear. You can go to Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I. Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I on Twitter to be able to vote on that. We'll bring that for you at 1245. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: Now, back to the guys. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI.
0: The Jags, the Chargers, Miami, and Baltimore. New England's not that far away from those teams. They're really not. You could argue that the screwy play at the end of the Raiders game kept them from, admittedly, probably going to Buffalo and getting beat. Yeah. But when I look at those, when I look at all those those wildcard teams, you know, Baltimore might lose Lamar Jackson. We're going to unpack that because there's a lot yeah. there. Miami, I know the GM has come out and said was the guy. (laughs) Well, GMs can be fired, too, if the owner thinks otherwise. Mm -hmm. The Chargers are keeping their dopey head coach, which is great. By the way, defensive guy blew a 27-point lead on the road. How's that happen? And you keep your gig, but you get to fire all your offensive people. When, again, by the way, you scored a bunch of points. Uh, And Jacksonville's not a nice heater. They're still Jacksonville. So, I just come away from Wild yeah. Card Weekend thinking, "Damn it, they are not that far off from these teams." Yeah, and I the, the thing that I took um, from a super Wild Card Weekend wasn't was was just the plays that ended up losing games, like the, the like the the way teams lost games. Like just for example, right? You say they're not very far away, and I would say you know you're probably right. Because I look at the the Chargers, I look at the Jaguars. You're up twenty-seven, nothing. Trevor Lawrence can't do anything right. Just throwing pick after pick after pick. You know, it's, in the first half, he had a uh, four, what, one touchdown and four interceptions. Four, okay, which was amazing. But he got a touchdown at the the with like I don't know twenty something seconds left in the first half. That's what gave them life. It wasn't the fact that the that the Chargers lost it, so to speak. It was the fact that they couldn't pile on. So they had multiple opportunities to make it, you know, impossible, you know, to pile on. So just a couple things that that stood out to me in that game, which leads me to believe that you're right. Like if, if you have a smart coach that knows how to, you know, manage a clock, make tough decisions, not get caught up in the moment, not get, you know, procedure penalties, not get the play in late, not give them, not go from a third and one to a to a third and six and then a fourth and one to a fourth. It's just so many problems, like just the charges overall, right? So in that game, they had the, uh, the chargers just to, to make matters worse for the Jaguars. They had that muff punt. Okay. Which got the ball on the six yard line. Okay. They had to settle for a field goal cause they only got one yard. So that saved them that they could have piled on right then and there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Joey Bosa with the unsportsmanlike contact, right? And the ball and which puts the ball at the one yard line. And then Peterson ends up going for two, so then the Jags had the, the you know, then they get that, the Jazz get that first touchdown before the half. They had a missed field goal, which just, this give, which gave the Jaguars more belief that they could win and gave them more life. Like, here's your opportunity to pile on and to, to make it tougher for them. And it can't just be a field goal that wins it, it has to be a touchdown. But no, you missed a field goal. Then they get the ball back in the fourth quarter. Then they go three and out. They couldn't close out the game. So to me, and even if you add the whole fact with Mike Williams you know playing in week 18 with like an, in a meaningless game so he's not even on the field so you fire everybody on the offensive side of the ball but you really lost the game because you couldn't pile on mm-hmm. you didn't know how to pile on you had them up against the ropes but you you just couldn't put them out of their misery you know they just kept hanging around and hanging around and hanging around and they're pretty good so those stats that I told you about Trevor Lawrence in the first half and the second half three touchdowns zero interceptions played hey, great he was a he was a mass, he was masterful, so and then the crowd gets into it so so I you're right the biggest issue with teams when they get to the playoffs is the terrible decisions and clock management that ends up almost like paralyzing some of these coaches. Mm-hmm. So I even go to even to pile on again. Daniel Jones is another example. He goes from being what some people would call a problem to suddenly he's a problem solver. Why? Why is he suddenly a problem solver? It's a good point. Why? Off of Orlovsky's point, which makes you scratch your head. Yeah, so all of a sudden, so what's the biggest difference? His coach, he went from Joe Judge to Brian Dable. Like, Daniel Jones looked more like Josh Allen than Josh Allen mm-hmm. in this game. 379 yards, 300-something yards passing, all these yards rushing. The guy was unbelievable. He was. He, they wanted to get rid of him. He was like the reason they couldn't win. Now he's a franchise quarterback. Because Brian Dable is a great coach. More importantly, he's a great quarter, quarterback mentor. Yes. So to me, and the only thing you're missing is the quarterback coach. You have the quarterback. Fix him. And then you're right back in the playoffs. No question. Absolutely. And you'll, you'll beat Jacksonville. And they were you'll close this guys. year. You know, end of the game against Cincinnati, the craziness against Las Vegas, all that kind of stuff. Look at the way, look at the way Cincinnati won that game. Baltimore's got the ball in like the one freaking yard line. The ball gets knocked out of the hands of the running back, and sure as hell, uh, what is it? Uh, who ended up running it? Well, it Hubbard was. Ended up running it back. Huntley ended up trying to yeah, do the Huntley. Trevor Lawrence and just uh, get over the goal line. By the way, here's what that play sounded like on Cincy Radio. Goal from the one. Huntley no. sticks the ball out. Yeah. The Bengals have Go the ball. Baby. They are running it back. Oh. Sam Hubbard with blockers behind him. Hubbard to the Ravens, 40, nice. the 30, nice. the 20, yeah. the 10, the Woo. 5. Touchdown. About it. Bengals. Woo. Tyler Huntley tried to extend the ball over the goal line.
3: Oh. It got poked away. Sam Hubbard scooped it up. And
0: ran the length of the field for a go ahead Bengals touchdown. He tried to pull a Trevor Lawrence, and the Bengals said no. They slapped it out of there. Logan they- Wilson punched the ball out of the hands of Tyler Huntley, and right into the hands of Sam Hubbard. Dan Horde and uh, Dave Lapham, otherwise known as UConn Cornelius, on the call right there. Jeez. Yeah, go! The ball! <laughs> It's kind of like the, uh, oh, he's not like the Ric Flair of a uh, oh color analyst, but, <laughs> but that Cincinnati Baltimore game, you could argue Baltimore was right there. They Cincinnati were. is Absolutely. good, not great. And Baltimore, yep. I do think they know how to shrink the game. They know how to play the game. You could argue that maybe they're a quarterback away, but then again, oh. their quarterback, who has hurt Lamar Jackson, real team guy, big team guy. I don't know if you knew this or not. Wasn't even around on the, on the trip. Qu- franchise quarterback, team guy, you should pay me a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed, Baltimore. Oh, by the way, I got better things to do than go to the playoff game that he can't play in. See, I've heard mixed mix, um, um, stories on why he wasn't there. One person says he was sick. The other person, you know, there's this find a way to be there. Well, it's an eight-hour drive. If you're that, if you're that sick, you can either fly private or hop on a, 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 get in a car with somebody. You know, unless you got COVID or whatever. But otherwise, you got the flu. Sit your ass down. Have somebody drive you eight hours to Cincinnati and be there with your team. You know what? The you know what it showed me. I don't care the excuse. Minus him not being allowed to be around other human beings. If he's got. COVID or whooping cough or whatever in the world it would be that could infect people. Other and, and even then, I dare say, slap a mask on and get on the sideline. This goes to show you that Lamar Jackson is not about his team. Well, and I, whole, understand, hold, hold on, I understand hold the level on. of selfishness, but when you're at a point of your career where you're looking at the team that you can't even go stand on the sidelines for and say 250 is the number and you better guarantee it all. That owner should say, whiz off. Go find that deal. Good luck, friend. Okay, so. Show your this, ass up. Uh, here's the thing. Like I he he is he is he, this is like a long-term negotiation for a lot of money. If it was a power play to get the money that he thinks he's earned, you would hold a grudge against him because he wasn't there for his teammates? Like when it comes to contracts, when it comes to negotiation, the whole "be there for your teammates" is so it's thrown around all the time to guilt players into doing what ownership wants them to do. How about this? If you can be on the sideline at home games for a playoff game, regardless of where that is, be there. Be See? there. I have a. I have a. I. I think this is all contract related. Do you? Yeah. I think it's all contract related. So all's fair in love and war. At this regard, if you think I'm a, you think his teammates think he's a terrible teammate? Do you think his teammates, you know what? who he probably talks to on a regular basis, say, Dog, man, do what you got to do. Get that bag. You got to get that bag. You know, I know how they are. I know what you're doing. Okay, you got to do. And then when it's over, no one will even talk about it. Because if you're ever in that position where ownership is, you know, kind of tweak you a little bit and you're going through some hardcore negotiations, I mean, eventually you have to let them know what the situation is. It's not, and maybe it doesn't end the way you want to. I hear you as a player. You go as a you know ah oh, you got to be there for your teammates. Well, you know you're not in the, in the midst of a con, a, a two year long contract negotiation with a team that refuses to budge. Now remember this: there are some coaches who don't want you on the sidelines. True, because we got somebody who butter guy was like was Mac on the sidelines when he hurt his his ankle. Bill Belichick, remember when Tom Brady was around and it was the whole year the Brady was done in 08. He was upstairs. He was persona non grata. They didn't put him on the sideline so they could then turn and look and be like, well, here's Tom Brady's reaction to the latest interception from Matt Castle or whatever. Bill didn't want the distraction in part because the guy was done for the year. But when you look at Baltimore down the stretch, Lamar was there. Lamar was around. The head coach didn't put any of that on there. So if there was the precedent of the five games – Where Lamar maybe wasn't there, that's okay. And then again, it's a playoff game. And to me, that is different because you can't tell me that there couldn't have been something. Now, again, Lamar Jackson, not the best reader of defense as I understand it. But you mean to tell me in a game against a divisional foe, a team that he should know inside and out, that he couldn't be there to help old Hot Rod Hunley. Well, I would say the entire, you just played them like a week ago. You should know. You don't need any extra help. You've already game planned for him twice in two weeks. You're, I mean, what else What else could, I don't think what else he could do. So you mentioned Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, you're talking about when he blew his knee out? Mm-hmm. All right, well, he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. So there's no need for him to be there. A little different. Okay. I would say, uh, who was it? Dak Prescott was hurt. He was always there. But he's coming back. So he's not going to miss. He's got the headset on. And everybody knows he's coming back. Um, No, this was you haven't signed me, so I'm not showing up. Absolutely, it's a it's a power play. That's what it is, and that's all it is, because I do think that there is some um, I don't know massaging the story from people on his side or friends of him who are saying, oh no, no, don't call him a bad teammate, don't call him selfish. Oh, he was sick. Okay, to your point. Well, I mean, put a mask on. It's the playoffs. You you hate Cincinnati. I mean, listen. You look how close you got to winning. Let me ask you. You came a. Uh, you, I mean, so it's such an improbable ending to that game. What if that's a home game? Is he there? Is he on that sideline. Well, to me, because he's been if there he's, for the other one. Be sick. Well, I mean, how do we know? Really, because right, uh, I understand. But whatever. Now, my question is: Was he invited? Was he invited? I'm assuming he so wasn't invited. Think this could be the organization saying to him: Ah, pack it up. You're hurt. You're not. We're not playing. keeping you anyway. So get uh, out. Listen. I think <laughs> that they would. He's your franchise quarterback. Uh, he can't make it. I mean, he wasn't even a game time decision. You probably want him on the sideline, even just to show for optics. So you show your fans that we're not giving up on this guy. We love him. Mm-hmm. We want him around. He says, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not going to let you use me." That's what I think. If you really want me to, like, okay, what this is really about? If I'm in a a two hundred fifty million dollar contract negotiation, and there is stalemates, and there is a you know misunderstandings, and there is a difference of opinions. You know what? I ain't going. I am not. I am not going. There is no need for me to go. Oh yeah, my feelings are hurt. Your feelings are hurt. Well then, you know what? Um, what do you want me to do? I think if you really want to send the message, it's not okay. Fine, you don't want me there. I don't want to be there. It's the I am going to be there, especially when you don't want me there because I want to be here. And it's sending a different kind of message. So even Look, Daniel Jones sent a bit of a message in the game against Minnesota, did he not? Hey, you don't believe in me. You didn't pick up my fifth-year option. I'm going to walk into free agency. Well, if I'm going to walk into free agency, I'm going to do it the absolute best I can. Whereas in Baltimore, it's the, oh, yeah, by the way, you could argue, and some have, maybe erroneously, that the quarterback kind of shut it down on him a little bit to protect himself. I thought in a way this was almost like a bowl game for Lamar Jackson. Ah, uh, I, was sit down. I don't got to worry about this. I don't even need to be there. See, the thing that stood out to me, and I was just trying to find it, was the cryptic message that he sent out. Um, oh, that's right. Okay. And it says um, Was it on Twitter or Instagram? I'm not sure. Or was sure. it on the TikTok? It, it, it made its way to both. So, oh, okay. okay. Both, so it's at it home and both. It says Here it is. It says, uh, When you have something good, you don't play with it. You don't take chances losing it. You don't neglect it. When you have something good, you pour into it. You appreciate it because when you take care of something good, that good thing takes care of you too. See, that is such a hidden passive aggressive message to ownership. Like 100%. So, you know what I'm it, telling? It, it's go find 250 guaranteed. Good luck. I know he go wants to, to, he wants you to know do to Sean Watson go deal. to go to Carolina. That guy would give you a whole bunch of money. He'll go live it. in the hills, and he there you go. It. Since then, I think they—I want to say—they signed it to, to an exclusive franchise tag. I'm not sure if that's even. Who's right this or now? Not. What was it? I thought they signed him to. No, actually, they they can't even do it yet. Oh so no! It's no, 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 no. The, the the franchise tag is coming up, and there's the exclusive, yes. which gives you like top three money, and then there's the regular franchise tag, which I think is top five money, but it's well, a different no, there's exclusive oh, yeah, the, and non exclusive. Non exclusive. So if you're non exclusive, it is. I think the average of top five and it's, you know, certain draft compensation. But if it's an exclusive franchise tag, then it's more compensation and you got to pay like the very top of the scale, which I think is like 45 at the high end or something. Yeah, yeah. so there, so to me, it's it, it just the whole Lamar Jackson, whether he's playing, whether he's not playing, if it was strictly the fact that he was hurt, you know, you wouldn't have this tweet. You wouldn't have him muddying the waters with his, uh, you know, his his passive-aggressive, which is what I feel like it is. Because you had, even over the weekend, you had Michael Vick saying, hey, just slap a brace on it and let's go. Then you had Robert Griffin III almost, like, bringing himself back to when he was playing for Washington. Like, oh, somebody pushed me to play, and look what happened to my career. So he was like, and then, and then Robert Griffin III played with Lamar Jackson, so he's obviously protective of him. And then you read this tweet and you go, This has nothing to do with whether or not he's he's injured. It has everything to do with the fact that he feels unappreciated. Right. He feels like they don't value him. So he's like, Screw it. So Why I'm, bother? So I'm not going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Flat. Yeah. Uh, I don't like teach him a lesson. Like three year old, whatever. I don't think it matters I'm either not way. Eat nat. Do, yeah. do you think it matters either way? So you do think by him sitting out that that helped him get the money? Or it hurt him getting the money. He ain't getting the money anyway. I know, but my point is... from them? Oh, but... As far as as his cause... No, you know what? If I'm the owner... It it didn't do anything. If I'm the owner, it would have pissed me off to the point to be like, he gets a franchise tag, and that's it. I don't think so. I don't think... Oh, by the way, you also got to call his mom to negotiate. Yeah, I'm not going to go. To the last game of the year, and if you want to do something with me, then you need to call my mommy, and she'll figure it out. There's part of me that Who part is of me is this guy again. Part of me likes it. Part of me likes it again. I don't think Gresh, it not doesn't. Call whether he, mommy. whether he holds his breath and does exactly what you're saying. Not. Well, my my mama has all my business. No, I'm not going. <laughs> like, I'd actually wish he actually talked just like that. Oh that my god, it did It doesn't move the needle. Do you think that this actually helps either side in during their negotiations? It makes it worse. It makes it worse. You know what? Because means- now it's public. So went, and, so- like, you in Boston, Mass, pulled it up on yeah. social media. So if you're the owner who you've tried to have discussions with this guy where you can't because it's his mom doing it, And wouldn't it feel bad to look, you know, for some, it's the whole, well, I'll make them feel bad looking across the table and make them tell my mom that that her baby's ugly. Fine. (laughs) Hey, lady, your baby's ugly. We'll franchise him. It's still $34 million. If that's not enough, Go find a deal. I'm sure mom's going to hop right on the phone, too, right? Mom will just get on the phone with, you know, oh, I'm sure she's got David Tepper on speed dial. Hey, Mr. Tepper, this is Lamar's mommy to negotiate a contract with you. Are you interested in my son? Click. That's a finance guy. He's, or he's going to go, oh, I got a sucker. This lady has no idea what the hell she's doing. Let me go get her son for bargain rate because the 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 son was dumb enough to. I love my mother to death. Making brownies. Tell the recipe to the world. We'll get rich. Negotiating a contract. Get the hell out of here, ma. I'm sorry. Like it's indicative of who he is. Nah, no, I'm not going to go, and you talk to my mommy. But you, you know, go. You know what it is? It's a kindergarten but, but you know what it is? Like the the, reason, the only reason why they're doing it, because he just doesn't want to pay the commission to the agent. He doesn't want to pay the commission. Pennywise, pound foolish. That's it. So that is dumb. It. That is it. We're not talking. We're talking, like, next level type of money. Like, this is the cost of living in this. In the zip code with the amount of money that we're talking That's about. Right. These people get paid a lot of money because mm-hmm. the, the, the rookie contracts, they're all slotted. You don't you don't make any money. They, they didn't spend money. I know when I show up for big meetings, my mom's on Zoom. Yeah. To make sure that it's my business yeah. consigliere. Yeah. Hey, I got my mom on speakerphone. But hey, before you talk to me about my contract, hold on. Mom! Mom! Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I'm there. Oh, there you go. Go ahead and talk. And yeah. You can see him holding the phone. Hi. Yeah. Hi, okay, guys. Go ahead. Talk. You can talk to him. My mom's on the line now. What do you want to do? Oh, uh, Mrs. Jackson, you got a good uh, recipe is, for meatloaf. What hey do you think? We get some meatloaf. Thank you. What do you think the commission is? So the commission for three percent, three percent. So if it's two, here I'll do it. Call real quick. it two fifty. Hold on. Uh, so it's two fifty. Uh, so if he really got two hundred and fifty million, million dollars, guaranteed three percent of that is seven point five million. Woo! Hey, how about this? How about this? You write it off. How about I pay? You write it off. So not anymore. Really. Yep, no more writing off agents fees. That's a killer. But you're paying seven and a half, I mean you're paying three yeah. percent on someone who would lock you in for potentially a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. So you would then have, let's just say, two hundred and forty-three million left on the deal after taxes cut it in half. Yeah. You still have 120 million in cash. Give her five million! Give her some bucks. Done, mom, here. Credit card. Black card. I'll pay it every month. No. Don't do what you want to do. When you have that kind of money, it's not that hard. No, it's less than like want. like wants to save they, seven and a half They million. just and that's it. So you should cost evaluate it. Hire you an agent like, that can get you a bunch of endorsements to go make that seven and a half up like that. Exactly. And that's what I will say. I would say they go, listen, by you waiting around and want not wanting to pay me, just call it five million dollars, you're actually losing twenty. Tell me how this makes sense. Or you negotiate a, a predetermined, "Hey, I'm all, I'm not paying you anything over 5 million. I don't care what it is." And then you you can negotiate your commission with the agent. You don't have to pay him 3%. You you can't buy NFLPA rules. You can't pay him any more than 3%. Right. But if they handle all your commercials and stuff, that's a hardcore Hollywood standard, which is like Ten percent, which Lamar Jackson probably could or should have, and maybe does for endorsements. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe Gatorade calls mom. Just says, there's hey. a different commission for that. That's a that's a more of a traditional Hollywood agent fee, which is ten percent, not three. You get you make more. I just don't understand Jackson not being there. That's all. I mean, it would have been a it would have been a, a show yeah. of something to be like, hey, I really want to be here. Your lunchtime parlay is next.
3: Weei
0: Love you. W-E-E-I. Weei
3: New
2: England
1: Sports Original
2: After the end of a good fight You deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter You've earned this rich golden lager With a crisp, refreshing taste Because you know, the bigger the fight The better the reward You put in the hours The energy The tough labor
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30
3: seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs.
1: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: No matter where you work from these days, take Gresh and Fourier with you on the Odyssey app. Favorite WEI.
0: Here we go. Boy, I thought we were I thought we had a great chance at hitting what Fourier would have been a reduced parlay. Now, this is actually a day for Fourier to learn a little bit about gambling. Mm. Because Fourier, if the uh, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had won last night, we would have run into what would be a bit of a gambler's conundrum. My pick on Friday night pushed, it was Atlanta minus two. So a lot of times in a push. Some will say, well, that negates the parlay. Some says it just knocks it down to a two-leg parlay. Uh, Know your parlay odds and kind of shop them around, but also know how your local sports book will react in the event that you go 2-0-1 or 3-0-1 in a parlay, and then what happens from there? Does it go kaput, or do they just take kind of the tie out of there, knock down your odds? That's the way we would have handled it. However... Dallas kind of screwed us last night by playing as well as they did. So it was a moot point. However, file that away in the Foyer brain. Okay. That we'll know filed that away. they uh, filed away. Done. Big gamble. We're gonna you are going to be a degenerate by uh September. Well, all I know is we're not going we haven't uh we're waiting to go over go over our super wild card weekend picks that we had. Uh oh, so you I'll, did I'll very wait, well. I'll wait no. to announce those picks. Foyer went five and one. Yes. So, you know, if I want to, I can be pretty good at it. Oh, here we go now. When I want to, when you want to, yeah. when I when so I, when if I said it. to you tonight, go yeah. home, okay. and find me an NBA pick tomorrow, okay, you would be able to figure it all out. You'd be able to get a, a guaranteed winner. Is that what you're okay, saying? yeah. So tell me, like, what do what do you want? Just the money line? That's it. Uh, whatever, what you whatever Listen, you want. I can't tell you to fit into what square peg to fit into the round hole. You're the one who's got to come up with the peg to fit okay. in I how I you want. Since I want to and I'm into it, so because, you'll do a four-legger because, tomorrow. Because you've challenged me Well, and you, you're calling me out. I, I, I You, I, I, you I just know. said, and I quote, <laughs> I can be really good at yep. this if I want to. Yes. So I'm putting your want to okay. to the test. And again, now how, that I want to, this? because you're calling me out, I'm going to prove it to you. I won't even give it. You can do it in any sport. You got a hockey, whatever it no, is. I'm going to do NBA. Like. I'll do NBA. Easy. Understand it. Easy to understand. Uh, I'll give you that tomorrow. Right. So you're in. So tomorrow it's a four-leg lunchtime parlay for a Foyer pick as well. Not a shot in the dark, more <laughs> more a boast out of the light is what yeah, it was. Okay, He's boasting That's right. that he would be good at Bragging. this off of a five-and-one card weekend. <laughs> Isn't that when you brag? You have like a resume. of. Police? You're like Andy Hart hey, now. Hey, look at me. I'm really good at this, guys. Andy Hart makes one pick in a parlay, yeah. and he thinks he hit the parlay. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to this. Last night, or yesterday afternoon, the Bruins smacked the Flyers. John Tortorella, after the game, kept harping on, nope, I'm not going to give you all any detailed breakdown. I'm just interested to see how my guys respond. They're on a back-to-back. They're taking on Anaheim, who's terrible, to get some juice in this bad Larry. Give me Philly on the goal line, laying the goal and a half, plus 130 against Anaheim. Terp, what do you got? I'm gonna go with James Harden over 20 and a half points tonight in LA against the Clippers. That's actually below his season average. Yeah. And he's gone over in three straight games over that total. So I'm gonna go with his over. Yeah, that's interesting. That's minus one twenty-five. So they're adding a little. It was minus one oh eight earlier. Now it's minus one twenty-five. Billy, good morning. What do you got, brother? How you doing? Sticking in the NBA. The Nets travel to the to San Antonio. Give me the nets to uh snap their two-game losing streak streak and cover the five and a half points over the Spurs. That's right, and congratulations to the Spurs who set an NBA record of having sixty-eight plus thousand people watch them play an NBA game in the Alamo Dome Ooh. over the uh over the holiday weekend. So, ladies and gentlemen, all those picks, which you will find, Gresh Fourier on Twitter, will get those out there. Your ten dollars will win you fifty-nine dollars and nine cents. Now, let's get ready for tomorrow because Foyer's throwing a pick in as well. So if you want to cash a big one on a $10 bet, we'll have the four-leg parlay tomorrow. Hopefully, Christian can push it over the hump and we'll be able to uh, win you some real money. Let's talk some football with one of the real Patriot insiders, Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston, next. (sighs)
2: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?